This episode of the Leicester Startups podcast is being supported by the British Business Bank. The British Business Bank is dedicated to making finance markets work better for smaller businesses. If you're looking for finance to start or grow your business, head to british-business-bank.co.uk. And the Leicester Startups podcast series wouldn't be possible without the help of our partners on the Leicester Startups co-working project. They are the Leicester Leicestershire Enterprise Partnership, the LEP, the University of Leicester, De Montfort University, the LCB Depot, and the Cooperative and Social Enterprise Development Agency, CASE. As a child, were you the one picking up bugs out of the soil, eating them? <laughs> Thomas Constant is an entrepreneur. No, that doesn't work. Back when I was a kid, never eat, never eating, actually. It was just more so like being curious about the environment, you know, being, going out in the garden, looking under rocks. Thomas Constant, he's a bugsness man. Ugh. I lived in the countryside, so like we had like you know chickens. I had I actually had a lizard. I actually had three lizards when I was growing up. So they also eat insects. So I was always I was always like fascinated with the life cycle and like you know how animals eat other animals. Thomas Constant, he's the worm on Wall Street. No, that's awful. Sorry. Thomas Constant is the founder of Beer Buyer, a sustainable food startup based at the business incubator at Loughborough University, where he graduated from three years ago. He makes and sells these pods which allow customers to grow their own mealworms to eat at home as a source of protein. We discuss where the idea came from, how a successful Kickstarter campaign completely changed his business and how he's looking to raise investment. I'm Manish Verma and this is the Leicester Startups Podcast. Yeah, I really wasn't thinking like being that kind of like being entrepreneurial when I kind of started my degree. But um, as it kind of went on, uh, especially in the final year, I was kind of, de- I designed this thing. It was for a project and the project itself was, you could do whatever you wanted. It just had to like, you know, be, you know, pretty substantial. It was like, it was a 10 month project. So I was like, okay, I want to do something uh, that I'm passionate about that I find interesting. So I basically was like, you know, reading, uh, reading reports and seeing what kind of like, you know, what basic global issues are happening right now. And uh, I discovered the negative impacts of like livestock rearing and food production. And some of the key facts that kind of shocked me were the fact that it takes over 22,000 liters of water to produce one kilo of beef. And I was like, wow, that, that's absolutely crazy. And also how like if cows are a country, they would be the third largest greenhouse gas emitter worldwide in between the US and I think India. So it's, they, they were shocking facts. And I was like, wow, like th- this is a huge issue. What's being done to address this? Um, and I saw that there's there's loads there's innovation happening around pre-made foods, but I didn't see much innovation happening around trying to empower people to produce their own food. As my as my thought process was like, I really want to try and empower people instead of giving them things that can like you know basically it follows the rubric of like you know give a man a fish he eats for a day, give a man a, teach a man how to fish you know he can eat for a lifetime. So it's really trying to bring the tools. And so I, I noticed that there wasn't much innovation happening around that area. So I was, I was seeing what alternatives could be created to try and co- uh, combat that. And then I discovered insects. I was, re- I was reading this, I think, uh, 2013 UN report. And this was a big, big report. Like, I think it's 100 pages that, just, that just focuses on insects. And it basically just talks about all the benefits and how, 
and how they can be applied for certain areas for like, you know, animal feed, but also human food and how they essentially use a fraction of the land, water and resources and emit a fraction of the uh, emissions. So I was like, wow, these sound amazing. These could be really applicable uh, for like, you know, to empower people to grow their own source of protein. So that was the initial thought process that started off this initial idea. And then it was it was 10 months of like researching, prototyping, testing, developing um, and getting it to a final stage. That was in 2018. What followed was 10 months of researching, prototyping and developing his idea. The result were these clean white hexagonal pods. It won awards and it had commercial viability. Thomas though graduated and began working in London as a designer. But he always had this passion project in his mind. So he applied to the Loughborough University Business Incubator. And interestingly, on the day that I got accepted onto the incubator, I also got a, I also got a full-time job offer from a design agency. So it was a really nice, you know, fork in the, in the road moment where it's like, you know, do I go the traditional designer route and, you know, start as a junior designer that work my way up to senior? Or do I kind of like, you know, do something a bit more entrepreneurial and try and build something myself? And it was, I kind of almost knew instantly that I wanted to do uh, my own thing because the job itself was, you know, it was a junior designer in a, uh, in a design agency in Surrey. So it was, you know, a, it was a well-paying position. But I thought to myself, like, but I basically thought to myself, well, this job or, or a job similar to this will still be here in a year or two. There's no downside of me not going for this job right now because if I do my own thing, and let's just say it doesn't, it doesn't go well, all the things that I would have learned, all the soft skills like, and all the entrepreneurial thinking that I, that I would have developed would still be hugely impactful. And probably that's probably the most defining point in my life, I would say, like, you know, deciding to go the more entrepreneurial route compared to the more traditional. Um, yeah, it was this, it was, I knew what I wanted to do when I, you know, I, you, you know, you just feel, you, you sometimes feel these things in your gut. It's like, yeah, I know I want to do this. So, you know, what's, what's the downside? I thought quite rationally, I was like, what's the, what's the upside, what's the downside? Um, yeah, and it was, a bit, it was pretty much a no-brainer. So that fork in the road came for him, just like I imagine for many entrepreneurs. And he picked building his startup. He joined the Loughborough University Business Incubator, and then a year later, in 2020, he launched on Kickstarter. The Kickstarter went well, in fact, really well. Their goal of £5,000 was reached in seven hours. They managed to raise more than £20,000 in pre-orders and got more than 300 customers from all around the world. Fantastic, right? But it actually posed Thomas a problem. A problem which meant he had to rethink who his whole target market was. But the real insights kind of came after we launched and after people uh, got their products. So. What kind of people were buying this? Why were they buying it? Are they, are they are they enjoying it? How are they using it? It was at that period of time when you re, when you realized, hey, we target we position this for humans. We are marketing it towards humans. Yeah, a substantial amount of people bought it for their pets. It's like if you have exotic pets like lizards, tortoises, uh, amphibians, uh, and even more like more common pets like domestic chickens, uh, outdoor fish, indoor birds, or wild bird feed. And so basically after the Kickstarter from our customer feedback and also retailer interest from retailers from the pet sector, did we realize, okay, well, it seems that the most logical thing to do is pivot to the pets because that's the area of least resistance and people are really, really valuing this product. So 
it was a bit of a it was a real decision it was a person very personal decision because i was like because i thought to myself hmm i designed this for humans is it, it am i failing if we pivot like it seems that like you know it's a step backwards or i'm doing or i've done something wrong or i feel silly but then i was like no this is all about the learning this is it's a process you it's it's not there's no failing involved here it's better understanding and refining your business proposition and really kind of seeing what is the most not just lucrative but also like you know scalable what what can what can there be the most impact in because sometimes i uh, i've seen that some people can often be quite can be you know stubborn about what they're doing and say no this is what i'm doing it's it's for these people they're going to love it and even when they get kind of signals of saying mm, maybe it's they don't love it or it's or it's, or it's it should be another market, you know, they kind of tuck in their heels and say, nah, no, 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 just like, I can do this. I can do this. Then I can educate these people. Or I can, you know, so it basically came down to a simple, it was simply a fact that it was too costly to acquire a customer for the human, uh, for the human market, because there's a lot of upfront convincing needed to be done through kind of education. So it was, ultimately it was like, okay, should we persevere and go for this? For, go for the human angle or should we pivot and go for the area of least resistance where we're seeing traction and growth and ultimately we then decided to pivot so pivot he did from what was initially a startup producing a pod to grow mealworms for humans to eat became a startup producing a pod to grow mealworms for pets to eat and that was a decision based purely on what his customers were saying consumer trends are changing however especially foods and attitudes towards food they can take a bit longer because it's quite personal to someone it takes a bit longer for their acceptance so it was always a little bit of a not an uphill battle but it's the cost of acquisition per customer because you're basically trying to get someone you're not only asking them to eat insects themselves but you're also saying grow grow them themselves so it can be a lot of pushback and it's it was quite and that's why doing early like prototypes and, and getting initial and trying to get uh, early sales in is really really kind of pivotal in like you know when you're when you have an early stage of an idea because mm. you know when you do surveys and when you see market research you can say stuff and you're like wow like you know this clearly shows that you know this validates what we're doing but really you know what people say in a survey to you can be a lot different to when you say okay well i've done what you said in the survey now Here's the product. Um, here's the price tag. Now, are you willing to pay? And you know, they might turn around and say, "Oh no, no, no! Like, oh, no, not for me. I, I thought it was a great idea for a friend. You know, oh, but no, this this isn't for me or something." So, you know, really getting that validation in early, and one of the best ways to do it is, you know, say, "Okay, well, well do you want to buy this? Because you can." <laughs> As of the time of recording this, April 2021, Thomas is trying to raise investment for Be a Buyer. They're looking for £150,000 in a 17% stake in the business. We're essentially trying to leverage our, our the, the past few years uh, and the fact that we've got customer, uh, uh, customer data, market research and retailer interest and basically use that to get initial seed investment that we can use to essentially scale the company and move from low 3D printing manufacture to high injection molding manufacture, which has a very high price tag, but to meet all the numbers from retailers, you need to have the ability to produce large volumes of product. So we're looking to essentially raise uh, initial investment to move to mass manufacture and also to make some first key hires, uh, as well as you know buying stock 
marketing spend, legals, and some of the more boring things. But um, it's a very exciting time. And we're currently midway through our first investment raise, which is going very well. So we, we hope to secure our, the, the first raise in the, in the upcoming weeks uh, or months, um, if it doesn't go so well. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to basically use that, grow and scale, uh, and launch our first product uh, later this year. What I will say is one of the good things about being in an office space or incubator where there's other startups is that you can have that cross-pollination of ideas and really talk to people and get assistance. So I'm in an office space with uh, a range of other, other startups and one of them uh, just finished their raise uh, uh, a few months ago. So uh, I was really, I was really, uh, that really enabled me to like, you know, ask some questions, get, get the base understanding. Um, uh, so it, I would say, especially for a startup, it's, it's always amazing when you have a support team, be it family, friends, or colleagues that can like, you know, give you assistance and help you move forward and also give you confidence in what you're doing too. So um, uh, I would say I wouldn't be in the position that I am if it wasn't for uh, the incubator here. So it's actually been, it's been a, a, quite a really quite nice, a nice experience, especially during COVID when, you know, bigger cities like, you know, areas in the Southeast or like, you know, the Northwest where there's, you know, big cities, there's been some really nice benefits of being a bit more kind of like rural and, and out the way here in, um, here in the countryside in Leicestershire. And not only that, there's been a lot of a lot of our kind of our, um, expertise we also get from Leicestershire. So uh, connections with incubators and also local uh, the university, uh, and also suppliers. Like a lot of our suppliers who supply you know raw materials for our machines, as well as more specific things, uh, are based not too far from here. So it's been it's been a really actually pleasant process. Beer buyer has in recent months gone from an incubator in Loughborough to being named one of the top food tech companies in the world and one of the top five insect-based startups globally. In 2019, Samsung produced a report called The Future in Focus. In it, they say, every kitchen will be equipped with countertop growing pods with a small harvesting drawer. For the squeamish, the insects do not have to be consumed whole as a recognizable species ground insect meal will be in everything from savory dishes to snacks and cookies. Sounds a bit like they were talking about Thomas's startup. And the mealworms for humans thing isn't an idea the founder has completely given up on. We are kind of like right now before we pivoted we were really pushing the boundaries of what's kind of like culturally acceptable kind of in the west right now because an insect growing pod to grow your own protein is very radical and it's quite easy to get you know the um the early adopters on board but to make a scalable and scalable company you can't just get the early adopters you need to go mainstream so ultimately when that happens which will be in the next decade um we will be ready and waiting so essentially we're refining our expertise and skills in different market segments that that's that are around edible insects but we'll be ready to re-enter and kind of exploit our skill set when other areas such as edible insects for human consumption is more developed and ultimately when the customers are, are more willing to uh, to, have to eat it. I kind of think we're living through kind of a food and kind of cultural enlightening time. This isn't a part passing fancy or anything. This is like, these are issues that have been simmering for the past, like, you know, the past few decades. And now, especially with COVID uh, and even before COVID, you know, with uh, 
Extinction Rebellion and all these kind of activists like Greta Thunberg, David Attenborough, all this, there's been a huge resurgence in like, you know, desire and love for the natural world. It seems that there's this more like, I call it kind of cultural, cultural enlightening, but um, it's just this desire to like, you know, basically just not, not try not to destroy the world. That was Thomas Constant, the founder of BioBio, a homegrown insect protein startup. As I mentioned, Thomas is currently raising investment in his business, which he says will be turning over 1.9 million by 2025. Thank you for listening to the Leicester Startups podcast. If you enjoyed it, share it. And if you're interested in entrepreneurship in Leicester, then you really should sign up to our weekly mailing list with news and events. Go to leicesterstartups.com.